This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. What's happening, everybody? It is Memphis, and it is Wednesday, and you are listening to the Dynasty Warzone, the flagship podcast of the DynastyFootballFactory.com, and proud, proud members of the Dynasty Football Network. You can find the network on the Twitters at DF underscore network, uh, and we're on Clipcast. Clipcast is that awesome, amazing podcast search tool where Instead of listening to an entire podcast, which you should be listening to our entire show, but if you want to hear what other people are talking about players, Odell Beckham comes to mind, Antonio, Mr. Big Chest Brown comes to mind, head over to at clip underscore cast on Twitter, and there's a link in their bio that takes you right to the search engine. When, once you're at the search engine, you just type in a player, and you can get the thoughts of Jerry and myself, uh, our buddies Shane and Sipes and Madman over at the Dynasty Trades HQ, our boys uh, Tyler and Tim and Doug over at the Dynasty Happy Hour. Uh, a lot of those guys. So check out Clipcast. It's an amazing search tool. But uh, where are my manners? Let me bring in, you know him as the man of the hour, the man with the power, Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what's going on tonight, buddy? Uh, everything. Everything and anything. The way my phone is blowing up because of all the shenanigans that have gone on in the football world today. Holy cow, Randy. I mean, we're going to get into it, so I'm not going to spoil nothing, but yeah, man, we say there were several times I looked at my phone and my jaw went, oh, what? You know, it's, it's weird that it started yesterday, literally around noon, like I'm getting uh, updates, alerts, ESPN alerts, signings everything and it was like so last night on on monday i haven't posted any pictures maybe i will my wife and i went and saw metallica here in indy and it was a great show but it was just nice to have a quiet not quiet because it was quite loud but a nice break a nice break we'll use the word break from the cell phone for a couple of hours those guys rocked it out and it was just good to get away from it because as much fun as it is when you're, you know, getting constant alerts, it can be, it can become a little overwhelming. So, uh, don't want to overreact. We'll bring our old homie, uh, uh, Lord Bigglesworth, back next week for a little overreaction theater with another special guest. But uh, Jerry, how about them Lions? Trey Flowers and uh, a couple, hey, a couple I'll other. I'll take it. Hey, you, yeah. you take what you can I, get. Hey, they're making moves. Good, good. Uh, you, you, do, can, you can do things do to win. Yeah, oh. I'm. I would rather you do this than just thumb your butts in the corner. Whoa, I'm talking about butts. And also, butt, just butt real thumbing. quick, can you tell the people how many times you have seen Metallica live? I well, the first time was when I was 12 years old with my uncle Rob. Took me to my, uh, in my 1936. First... And, that was and, and, a good and, year. It, it was funny. So last night it was uh, James Hetfield, the lead singer, looked like uh, the dad from American Chopper. It was like the handlebar mustache, the white hair, the whole nine yards. I was like, this. I mean, maybe I'm getting old, and I am getting old. We all are. It's it's science. But uh, one thing I want to talk about is, so we've got some big stuff in the works. Jerry and I are going to be launching a, a Patreon page, uh, our listener league, and some merchandise. And you can look for all of those things right around Cinco de Mayo. So if you're in the listener league, you know who you are. I've got the list. I will be getting the league set up when I'm on spring break. Uh, my wife thinks I'm going to be working or just relaxing, and I don't know how she'll think I'm probably writing my memoirs over there on the on the laptop as she's on the beach. But you know what? You got to do what you got to do, Jerry. You got to get these things up and running. And uh, one thing we want to do, so so Jerry, you know what I did for the first time this weekend? Tell me. I I sat down, and I'm, I've never been a big rankings guy. As long as I've been doing this, I, I've never put together rankings. But you know what? I was really intrigued. I, I had someone reach out and say, hey, man, where are your rankings for this rookie class? And I was like, hey, you know what? I, I've, n- I've never thought to do them. So you know what? I, I sat down and I, I put pen to paper based on the players that I've watched and pay- players that I've reviewed and players that I've read about. And I sat down and I ranked about, I think it's eight quarterbacks, 20 running backs, 22 wide receivers, and I think it's 10 tight ends that I've I reviewed and I ranked them. 
And then I went back and I did a one QB non tight end premium mock three rounds. Then I went back in and did a super flex non tight end premium three round mock. And then I did a uh, super flex with tight end premium three round mock. So I put all that together. So, so here's what the deal. If, if you want to get a look at my rankings and then Jerry, you did the same. Is that correct? Um, working on it. So here's the thing. Randy told me to give him some rankings. So he did all that. He did everything he just told you. I gave him a ranking of one through 24 players. It's, and then I got the email of his nothing. rankings and I went, Oh God, did I underachieve? It was like, I went to a, a wedding with, uh, you know, cargo shorts and a polo. And Randy came through with the, the zoot suit with the top hat. I, I, I may have, so over, I may have I'm, I'm working through mine. So, so here's the deal. Um, I, I will glad, gladly send you those rankings. Here's all I want in return. Just just a, a few minutes of your time. Head over to iTunes, and, and, and I, I hate that it's always iTunes, but it, but it bees that way sometimes. It's that, that's the, 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 the one. Head over to iTunes, just sign in, you know, and give the show a five-star review. If you want to write some nice words in there, that's awesome. When you get that done, just screenshot that. My, uh, my DMs are wide open. You know, just DM me a picture of, of uh, that five-star review, and I will DM you back those rankings if you want to check them out. And then I will have Jerry also DM you his rankings. You can sit down, um, be nice and printable. Whether or not you like my rankings, it's at least going to be a nice printable sheet. You'll be able to... It did look, it did look very good. Color-coded, numbers, the whole nine yards. Jerry, that's why they're called rankings. So if you yeah, want I, those... I, mine was chiseled in stone. Randy went, yeah, you, Randy you, went you, above and beyond. I was like, you damn caveman. But no, we'll, we'll, we'll hook you up with those. Um, eventually, they'll be behind uh, some sort of paywall on the dynastyfootballfactory.com. But if you want the, the sneak peek, and these are my pre-combine rankings. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, post-combine rankings, pre-NFL draft rankings. I will update those, and I will send those back to you uh, after the NFL draft once I, once I get those done. But we're just trying to drive up some, uh, some reviews for the show. So if you'd help us out, go over to iTunes, leave a five-star, a few kind words. Jerry and I would greatly appreciate it. So listen, uh, enough of this intro. This uh, six, seven-minute intro is more than enough because we have got Aton and Stompy from the Dynasty Diagnostics podcast joining us. And then we've got Jesse Reeves from FF Statistics and the Youth Movement podcast joining us as well. We're going to argue a little bit. We're going to talk about Odell Beckham, Mr. Big Chicks, uh, a lot of these moves that have already happened. And we'll be back next week with another special guest talking about some more of these moves. So, Jerry, you ready to bring these three guys on? Yes, already. Let's do that. All right, guys, here we go. All right, joining us to cover all this free agent fallout is not one, not two, but three amazing guests to give you some insight on all these moves and their impact on their real teams and your dynasty teams. Um, let's just go around the horn. Our first guest is Jesse Reeves. Jesse is the lead dynasty analyst for ffstatistics.com. He is the host of the Youth Movement podcast and the PEDs podcast. Uh, also joining us are the guys from the Dynasty Diagnostic podcast, and they do other stuff, other cool things as well. Uh, first guy is Aton Mozia. I hope I pronounced that correctly. He can punch me in the face if not. Um, he is a writer for both fan tracks and fantasy pros, and he is one of the hosts of, again, the Dynasty Diagnostic podcast. And then this last guest needs no introduction, as he is your reigning Scott Fishbowl champion. Uh, he is also a writer and editor for ffstatistics.com, co-host of the Dynasty Diagnostics podcast, the Superflex show, and if you're familiar with that little white ball, the round one with the red stitches, that's a baseball. He's also the co-host of the Turn 2 podcast. That's a baseball reference for you non-baseball fans. Uh, that's Sam Stompy Lane. So, uh, gentlemen, welcome to the Dynasty Warzone. I really do need on? an intro music. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Dude, you, you know can... you do not. You do not need any more than what these people already give you, Sam. You, you, you need the Stone Cold Steve Austin glass break. <laughs> that would, that, the, that, the John Cena I would accept all of the above so normally 
we you know would go into some news and then whatever the topic is but really the topic tonight is free agents and all the fallout around them so that is the news so i'll just play this little news drop this is the news all right man there's been a lot of news so we're just going to go around the horn every guy's going to cover you know, maybe it's a team, like we're going to let Jerry talk about all those sweet moves on the offensive side of the ball that his Lions made. Um, we've, uh, it's, 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 it's horrible to treat a guest this way, but we're going to let Aton break down four players signed by the Buffalo Bills. But we're just going to go around the horn. We're going to talk about some of these signings, and then we'll all chip in on what we think about them. The, the first one I, I want to cover is one of the more dated, I guess dated like by a couple of days. But on Sunday, it became official. Antonio Brown. Mr. Big Chest, uh, formerly, the artist formerly known as Mr. Big Chest, as he's now Mr. Big Checks, uh, he got traded to the Oakland Raiders. So, Jesse, w- what do you got for us on Mr. Big Checks and uh, this Oakland Raiders situation? Oh, man. Hey, don't forget his his first alias, Tony Totap, and then moved into uh, Mr. Big Chest, a.k.a. Mr. Big Checks now. Um, that one was uh, kind of a, a pretty big, um, how do you say, that was a pretty big situation that kind of panned out uh, uh, in regards to Antonio Brown. First, I believe it was, uh, I can't remember the exact night, but uh, there was reports that he was traded to Buffalo, um, had a short stay there, apparently, and then uh, ended up getting traded to uh, the Raiders. Um I think whatever way you look at this from a fantasy perspective, uh, I think Antonio Brown is as solid as, as it comes. Uh, in any format, uh, he's a top five wide receiver, regardless of, of what team he plays for, in my opinion. So I don't believe that this hurts his value. Um, but it, I think that everything that was surrounding this whole entire situation was probably uh, of more discussion than than how what this means for his, his fantasy production, in my opinion. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Um, I know a lot of people are down on on Derek Carr over the past couple seasons. They think that uh, he's just not a good fantasy quarterback. Uh, he wasn't able to sustain Amari Cooper. Um, I think that that Antonio Brown is a different receiver. Um, I think that right now, as as it sits, he's about the only one as well. I mean, Seth Roberts to me is not. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be competing or eating into Antonio Brown's target share very much. Um, as of now, they also don't have a fantasy relevant tight end with Jared Cook on his way out. Um, I'm sure that will change as we get deeper into uh, the offseason and the draft and everything. But as it sits right now, Antonio Brown is just walking into a situation where he is just going to continue to eat up um, an offense like he did in in Pittsburgh. Um, so for me, this doesn't really change my outlook on him. I think that he's going to be uh, just as solid as he was. And I think the Raiders came up on, on a player um, that still has, even though he's hit that 30 mark uh, or about to, I think, uh, he's um, he is going to – he still has two, two to three really, really strong seasons left. Um, and I think he's, he's going to continue to kill it. Uh, I'll start with Sam. Sam, anything to add on Mr. Big Chest? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to see near the volume uh, that you normally would from Antonio Brown. I, I believe Gruden's highest targeted wide receiver is like 154. So I, I'm guessing you're – I mean, it, and, it, and it really depends on if Jared Cook comes back. Of course, they could just force feed him the ball. Uh, so I I think his yardage will be down, but I do think he will still see double-digit touchdowns. So uh, wh- while I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the move from a football standpoint for the Raiders, I do think that you're still probably getting a top-five wide receiver in A-B for the next couple of years. I, I, me personally, I, I like the move. I I don't hate it for Antonio Brown. I think you can expect about a 10% dip. But John Gruden has produced fantasy-relevant wide receivers in the past. So uh, not a huge ordeal, and there's no one there to fight for targets. So, you know, I think it was mentioned today that over the last six years, Antonio Brown's averaged 180 targets. There's no reason why he can't get somewhere close to that this year. And it was just two years ago before he broke his leg that Derek Carr was an MVP candidate. So forgive the man. He finished as, I think, QB 19 last year, which is a middle-of-the-pack QB 2. But he was throwing to the likes of well past his prime Jordy Nelson, Aton, uh, I'm sorry, Marcel Aitman, Seth Roberts, and then Jared Cook. Jared Cook was his leading receiver. So 
and they're they're still in the, in the mix for Lev Bell. Lev Bell does not have a home yet, as has been related. So so I like it. So the, the next big signing, um, maybe you guys have heard of this guy, came out just as we were getting ready to record the show tonight. Odell Beckham gets traded to the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Bakers. So I, I'm going to throw this one over to we'll go to Aton. Aton. You just wrote an article. Where, where did you write this article? And give us all your uh, your thoughts on this Odell Beckham Giants trade. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I wrote this article at Fantrax.com, uh, so you'll see it in the next couple of minutes uh, if, if it's not already up there. And uh, before I actually even start getting to the Odell stuff, I, I do want to go back to AB a- real quick. Um, I mean, you guys are, are totally disparaging Marcel Aitman over there, the, the, the real number one in Oakland, we're all talking about. Stop it. <laughs> Turn your microphone off. Justin threw his hands up in disgust for those that couldn't see that. But, um, but I mean, Matt Friedman had a point uh, with his Antonio Brown article last season. Uh, Antonio Brown has been a wide receiver that is ridiculously elite, and he has been for a long time. But if you look at his numbers last season compared to what he's done in the past, at least from an efficiency perspective, uh, there is some change, and there should be some concern. Um, but kind of when you take that out of the account and you just you know start to talk about, okay, well, he'll get 10 touchdowns or more regardless, I don't necessarily know if that's that's really that true. I mean, last season, Antonio Brown uh, actually had, I believe, something like a 46.5% end zone target share, uh, which he should still probably see in Oakland as they they really don't have anyone else to, to kind of take that away from him. But uh, his 27% red zone target share uh, is not necessarily going to get it done on a team that just can't get in the red zone. And Oakland isn't a squad that's been able to consistently find themselves in the red zone. So I think that that there is really some concern with Antonio Brown, um, but I'll kind of just leave it at that. Uh, Moving to Odell Beckham Jr., uh, I have been on record with with my partner here, Sam Lane, on the Diano Diagnostic talking about how Baker Mayfield was not uh, the, or at least was not in the conversation or shouldn't have been in the conversation for a top five QB um, I take it all back. I'm so You're sorry. You're wrong. Don't you dare. <laughs> oh, God. Please forgive me because I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you every single number, every single nugget that I was able to find in the last two hours leads me to believe that not only is uh, Odell Beckham Jr. in the conversation for wide receiver one, if he's not already wide receiver one, at least in dynasty leagues, um, uh, Baker Mayfield is QB too. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And this is why I'm saying it. Um, I actually took a gander over at Sharp Football Stats. And what I was able to find at Sharp Football Stats is a, a chart, essentially, that uh, shows what Baker Mayfield uh, excels in versus the field, versus the average quarterback. On this chart, it basically shows how effective Baker Mayfield is throwing uh, deep to the middle, uh, which is essentially where Odell Beckham Jr. gets the majority of his deep targets. On top of that, uh, he just has a stronger arm than, than Eli Manning did last season. And Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, he took something like, I think, the 72nd ranked in the entire NFL catchable target rate, and he turned that into uh, the 14th most in the NFL yards per route run. Odell Beckham Jr. is absolutely ridiculous, just in case you guys didn't know. And he is going from a poor situation in New York to one of the best situations imaginable in Cleveland. And on top of that, it's even going to be hard to double team him with all the other weapons on that team with Nick Chubb in the backfield. I mean, there are going to be defensive coordinators that are going to have to cry themselves to sleep trying to stop Odell Beckham Jr. on the new look Cleveland Browns. And uh, it's, it's really just a boon for everybody on that team for me. So I will, I will ask you this. Go ahead, Jerry. No, no. I was just going to say you walked yourself into a gauntlet. You missed it earlier. Yeah, on you, you, Baker Mayfield QB two talk. So take it away, Randy. So I, I will ask you this. Are, are you trying to buy Baker right now in dynasty? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, because we, we, we were talking before we hit the record button, and we want to share that conversation with the listeners. If, if I have a Baker share, I'm going directly to the Andrew Luck owner, and I'm saying, what will you give me on top of Andrew Luck for Baker Mayfield? 
I'm selling the hotness. The same thing with Odell Beckham Jr. If I can go out and get a Mike Evans plus, a Tyreek Hill plus, a um, a guy that can produce in a similar you know points per game range, we were comparing that last year. Beckham was putting up 19 a game. Uh, a lot of those guys in that similar range. I'm just selling the hotness. I take the na- take the names off of it. Take the name off the back of the jersey and look at the guy who's giving you 19 points a game. If I can get another guy giving me around 19 points a game plus something on top, I'm taking the something on top. Are, are you with that type of uh, mindset? No. No, I'm not <laughs> in this instance because, uh, again, the, the thing with Patrick Mahomes last season was this was a guy who had talent, who had – talent around him that actually fit his skill set. We're seeing the same thing materialize itself again in Cleveland. I I mean, again, I I really don't know how to say how good of a fit uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be with Baker Mayfield in a situation where he can't be double teamed. Uh, They're going to pass more. They've traded Kevin Zietler. They traded one of their run blocking O-linemen to the Giants. So, I mean, that already shows you what they feel about uh, how they intend to, to to kind of mold that offense into a passing offense last season. I believe they were only the 15th uh, highest uh, ranked team in terms of pass to rush ratio last season. That's definitely going to improve. I cannot find a single statistical data point that tells me that this isn't going to be a magnificent pairing. And if you have the opportunity to have the best at a position, I mean, yeah, you can always, you know, think about it in terms of value, but if you have a decent team already, don't you just want the best players possible on that team to make sure that you can get over the line? I first and foremost, Patrick Mahomes, really? Did you just compare Baker Mayfield to Patrick Mahomes? I absolutely, I did. You are so wrong. You are <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> I will put. Uh, <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. Sam. No, don't say he's wrong. Mean. No, he is wrong. But don't say things you don't mean. You know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not here to break up the Dynasty Diagnostic no. Podcast. I love. I love you guys in your show. I've been a guest. I, I think the world of you too. But uh, I'm, I'm going to give you guys a break uh, for one second. I'm going to throw it to Jesse. Jesse, and then uh, Jerry. When Jesse gets done, jump in here. I I, I got to agree uh, with, with Aton here. Um, Odell is just a, a perennial talent, and he's just uh, – we're talking about a guy who's throughout his whole entire career has basically averaged, um, from a fantasy perspective, two uh, PPR points per opportunity, and the guy gets at least 10 targets a game. Um, uh, that's just massive. I'm, I'm not concerned about him uh, on any end from any the regu- real football, fantasy football. I'm not concerned about him. I'd be looking at the other guys in the offense who are going to suffer from what Odell Beckham is about to do. Uh, we're talking, I know we talked off air. We had this discussion about uh, Jarvis Landry um, and not so much in Joku, but I'd probably be, probably be talking about Jarvis Landry right now. If I'm a Landry owner, I'm probably looking to shop him and get anything. I, I'm not anything I can. I'm, I'm looking to capitalize on the hype uh, and, and look for somebody that thinks that um, that offense and Baker Mayfield will be able to sustain two top 24 wide receivers because uh, I don't think it's going to happen. We also discussed uh, the reasons why I don't think that's going to happen is because Jarvis Landry had such a large market share of uh, Cleveland's passing game. Uh, but he didn't do anything with it. He averaged, I think, maybe eight points per game um, last season, uh, had a, a massive amount of air yards, but did not have any he, – he had no very little production with that. So he had a lot of that opportunity, um, but did nothing with it. And now Odell is going to, is going to be coming in. Um, it's so the opportunity is going to be cut from Landry. And then on top of that, um, he's not going to do much with what he gets from – from what we know and from last season being a, a pretty decent sample size, um, Odell, I'm excited to see what him and Baker are going to do. And then that entire offense, Kareem Hunt, uh, Nick Chubb, uh, David Njoku, Jarvis Landry, not so much. But like I said, I, I agree with with Aton there. Uh, I'm still not buying Baker as the number two uh, quarterback in, in dynasty formats. I'm just not feeling him there. Uh, I made an argument, top five. I'll, I'll throw him in the top five right now. But – um, top two is a little hefty for me. You, to put him right after Patrick Mahomes is, is, is pretty big. 
Go ahead, really quickly, Jared. just to add to the, the Jarvis Landry point, uh, contractually, uh, he is actually signed, uh, I think, for another three three or so years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's an out in his contract next season, as early as next season. In fact, the Cleveland Browns can save $10 million next season by walking away from Jarvis Landry. And I think they paid Jarvis Landry as a wide receiver one, intending him to be a wide receiver one. Now that they have uh, one in Odell Beckham junior he might actually not even necessarily fit there uh, too much and a lot of Jarvis's value uh, I think at this point you kind of have to tie to being on a team with a competent quarterback so who knows what happens when he likely leaves or potentially restructures uh, down the line but it, it's coming soon you just I just keep hearing you say sell that's all I heard you say there is just sell 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 exactly that's that's pretty much all it comes down to because like you said it's his his success is predicated on like a a competent quarterback but more or less having the volume of an offense he's over and now that you have another volume receiver in in that offense is i just don't see any any situation where he ascends or becomes a um a more viable part of this offense so um, that's the after effect for me from from this odell trade from a fantasy perspective no, all good stuff, and we knew these two stories, the Antonio Brown and Beckham story, were going to be huge. Jerry, anything to add on uh, Odell Beckham? No, I think everybody hit everything that they needed to. I'm also of the Baker not as QB2 thing. Here's the thing. I think the first month or so, he may be. But like we were talking about off air, I know we keep alluding to that, but it when it's cold outside and the winds are whipping off of Lake Erie, are we certain he's going to throw for 300 yards when you're trying to win your championship? I need a quarterback that's going to be in a dome like Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, come game time when I want to win my money and get my trophy, drink that champagne out of that sterling silver chalice. That's when I'm going to want someone like that and not Baker. And and I just, and as far as Jarvis goes, listen, you know what's crazy? And this is not, this is off topic. Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry played at LSU and they did a whole bunch of nothing there. And now everyone, now they have a quarterback. So I get the difference, but it's just funny that they're now the elite level offense of the NFL. But when they played together at LSU, they were a dumpster fire. And There's zero track record. Everything in in this whole entire situation is, is, is speculation and narrative. It looks good on paper. It looks fantastic. It, it should be good. Don't get me wrong. It, 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 it I, I, should listen, be. I'm super excited to watch the Cleveland Browns. And how in the hell I ever thought I would say that? But I, here I, we I, are. I, I, you know, and, and th- that's a, that's the we'll try to wrap this up. But it's such a polarizing topic. We got to give it its due. I mean, we're putting a lot of uh, a lot of eggs in a brown and orange basket that just two years that, has, that, that has just two years ago crapped itself. And, and we're, I know we have got a new GM, but if you tell me that, so I'm the, I'm the value guy. I know this, and I'm a Colts homer. I can fire up the homer alert if I need to. I know that if Andrew Luck plays 15 games, I get top five QB you know, points in a season. It's, it's a lock. I, I've seen it. I don't have to narrative it. I don't have to speculate. And I think that I can get Andrew Luck plus something back for Baker right now. I think that's how hot the buzz is. And I'm not giving up any upside. And I'm getting something back, whatever the something is. And, and I'm making that offer right now. Odell Beckham? If I can go out and get Mike Evans, and I am not a Mike Evans fan, if anything, I might be the opposite. But if I can go get Mike Evans, a guy who has missed uh, one game, I'm sorry, two games, and one of them was a suspension where he got into a fight with Marcus Lattimore, a guy that's healthy, puts up 1,000 yards every year. Am I giving up a little bit of top-shelf upside? You bet your ass I am. But you know what I'm also not giving up? 20 games. That's what's what Odell Beckham's missed in his career. He's missed one-fourth of his career due to injury. Some of it's been fluky. Some of it's not. I get it. The guy's missed 21 out of 80 career games. Mike Evans has missed two or three. Give me that. Give me a little limited upside, and give me the cherry on top. Is that a first-round pick? Maybe. Is it another player? I don't know. But I, I will gladly take similar production and the uh, the and, and quite honestly safer production as it relates to Mike Evans and Andrew Luck over Baker and Odell Beckham. So... That's how I approach it. I'm, I'm looking for consistent, uh, sustained value and what I've seen. So anyway, we, we have talked about these guys to death. Let's talk about some much more boring moves, <laughs> a little less polarizing. Uh, how about this one? Uh, for all you Superflex players, and it was the right pick for Sam, as he is the co-host of the Superflex show. 
See like see that Sam? That's what we call here in the biz a professional segue. Sam, tell us about Nick Foles and his fifty million dollar guaranteed in Jacksonville. So that amount of money is kind of crazy to me for a guy who is relatively still unknown despite his last two seasons with Philadelphia. But um Jacksonville really doesn't need a superstar at quarterback either. So I, I, I view it as a, we're going to get a solid starter at quarterback. Um, they'll be relying on, on their running game and defense again, but I think that's how they want to be built. I think that's how um, Doug Marone wants to be built. Um, but a couple of notes, he is reunited with uh, John DeFilippo, who was his quarterback coach in Philly. Um, obviously helped Foles to a Super Bowl uh, MVP. The offensive coordinator for the Vikings last season before he was fired after week 14, Kirk Cousins was the QB 12 under DeFilippo. So take that with what you will, but he was a QB one. I, I don't think Foles is near the um, talent that Kirk Cousins is, um, but I don't think he needs to be either. Uh in in the last two seasons, uh, Foles has a 67% completion percentage, 1,900 yards, um, 12 touchdowns and six interceptions, and I believe it was eight regular season starts. Uh, Ertz was his highest target share, so I don't really know who the tight end is going to be in Jacksonville. Uh, but that's also a little bit – you have to take that with a grain of salt because Ertz is a uh, top three tight end and – I mean, he demands that those type of targets. So that may not come to fruition in Jacksonville. Um, the one that I'm most interested in is um, the slot receiver, uh, which would be D.D. Westbrook in Jacksonville. Uh, Aguilar was actually the highest targeted receiver in 2017 and 2018 when Foles started um, above uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh and so I think that's a good sign for uh, D.D. Westbrook. We saw D.D. and and D.D.'s a show favorite for uh, Dino Diagnostic, as Aton can attest. Um, he finishes the wide receiver 24 in fantasy last season with a dumpster fire of a QB situation. Uh, and so getting even a slight upgrade and probably a more stable quarterback situation with Foles with DeFilippo, who who ran the same type of system that Foles is used to, and and you pack wide receiver two numbers, I, I I would not be surprised to finish see him finish wide receiver eighteen or even a little bit better. So before I throw, I'm gonna throw this over to Jerry. Jerry, how does are are you buying Foles in a super flex? Are you looking to unload him? Because based on the contract, it looks like if you have Nick Foles and he was on the back end of your roster, looks like you got a two year starter on your super flex team based on the way this contract is structured. So Jerry, are you buying any foals, selling any foals? And how does this impact Leonard Fournette as a Leonard Fournette owner? For some reason, I own a ton of shares. I've gotten a lot of uh, trade offers on Leonard Fournette the last day and a half. So Jerry, break down buying, selling foals and Fournette. Yeah. I mean, is anyone really excited to go out and get Nick Foles? <laughs> any of you that are sitting here, I cannot imagine you are. If you have him, you're okay, cool. You know, I have a starter. He's going to be my QB three. Am I going to go out there shopping for him? Absolutely not. Like, you know, maybe, maybe he'll be wrong, but, or I'll be wrong for that. But I listen, not buying it. No, thanks. I'm good on him. I like Fournette. Everyone hates Fournette. I, I really don't. Every time the dude gets the ball, he pounds it right in everyone's face. And I think Nick Foles is one of those guys that, like Sam said, you know, you know, you don't need in a super awesome elite quarterback in Jacksonville because they're gonna pound the rock, and I, I don't think his shares are going to be. I'll take Fournette. You guys can have Foles if you want. I, I have him on one team, and I'm cool with just sitting there. If someone wants to come crawling, they can come crawling. What, what do you? Uh, I'll ask Jesse. So, so Jerry, Jerry's selling his full shares. What should Jerry be asking for? In terms of compensation, maybe in picks, we got the NFL draft coming up, rookie drafts for dynasty leagues. What are you looking for if you're cashing out a full share, Jesse? Oh, um, I don't even, I don't even know. Uh, to be honest, I don't know how to value him as in a super flex league. I mean, quarterbacks are obviously very highly valued. Um, I think, like Sam said, the extreme unknown is gonna is kind of going to kind of draw the conclusion of of people 
um, being more or less, if you have him, yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of happy he's moving into, um, I don't want to say a better situation than Philly. Cause real realistically it's not, but a, um, a solid situation. It's yes, his it's situation. Not, it is exactly. And we, but one thing we do know is that he is going to be the starter. That's what we know for sure. So if you're able to, to pin value on that alone in a super flex league, um, I, I don't know. Me personally, if I'm looking to buy, I'm probably not going to trade anything um, astronomical. I don't. I, I, th- I think it sounds like you're exactly where I'm at. Like if you have him, cool. Exactly. But. Yes. Like I, I don't. I don't believe I have any shares of him. If I, if I did, I'd probably be pretty happy about it right now. Uh, and and if I do, I'm also assuming um, that I grabbed him super late, and he could he could more than return on value right now, um, which I'm okay with. But I just I just don't think any anybody uh, who I'm assuming that there a majority of the people probably feel the way that I do about him and are not going to give up um, even just standard quarterback, um, uh, what, what it would take to get a, a quarterback in a super flex league, which is where the only place that he has value right now at all. Anyways, um, I don't, I don't know if I can put a value, maybe, maybe, maybe like a throwaway piece and a late, a super late first, like one eleven or something. See, I think, I, I think in this draft, I think, I think you're spot on uh, yeah. a, a, a first round pick feels right because this is not a great quarterback draft. Yes. And, and the only way I'm personally hanging on to Foles is if I have a rushing based quarterback, mm-hmm. like a Deshaun Watson, if he's, if Foles is my QB three, I could easily see myself wanting to hang on to him. Exactly. As much as we love Deshaun Watson, I mean, he, he scrambles a lot and, and he can, if you have a Lamar Jackson, Sorry, Sam. I'm not trying to rile you up, but but he's a guy that with his slight frame and his running, Josh Allen, another guy. He missed a couple of games last year. So if you have a mobile quarterback, I'm I'm, I'm hanging on to Foles. But I, I'm with you. I'm take I'm definitely taking any 2019 first, and I'm damn sure taking any 2020 first for Nick Foles. I'm gonna let Jerry take a minute and tell us about not one but two signings up there in the Motor City, near and dear to his heart. That is a my namesake, the outlaw Jesse James, new tight end for the Lions, and then uh, Danny Amendola, a very poor, poor man's version of what Golden Tate uh, was doing there the last few years in Detroit. Jerry, take it away. You ready for my analysis? Yeah. That's a Lions move if I've ever seen it. The Danny Amendola move was the first move of the day. That's what I woke up to. And He's 34, man. Like, we're not going to win. Why are you signing this dude for $4 million? As far as fantasy, you know, concerns, I'm not super interested in Jesse James or Danny Amendola. For one, Danny Amendola's old. Two, Danny Amendola never stays healthy at all. He's never had 700 yards in like nine seasons of the NFL. And as far as Jesse James goes, I he was the one guy I sort of figured the Lions were going to go after. He's still only 24. He's going into his fifth season, so he's got tons of reps. Um, But Stafford just doesn't like tight ends. We had a pro bowler in Eric Ebron, and he didn't throw to him a ton. He got, you know, his last season here, he got, I think, 80 targets, which was good. But, you know, we don't throw it to him in the end zone. We don't feed through the tight end. So they're never really going to be super fantasy relevant. As far as the lines are concerned, I'm glad they signed Jesse James. if Danny Amendola is just, you know, a depth slot guy, then I'm cool with it. But if it forces them to not take a wide receiver in the first two days, then I am going to be super salty that they went that route because he's got dust in his knees because he's so old and brittle. But as far as fantasy or dynasty concerns, no thanks. I mean, if Jesse James is free, sure, pick him up. Danny Amendola, no thank you. I'll throw this one over to Aton. Aton, anything on the Motor City and their uh, acquisitions here? Absolutely. Uh, Derek Brown uh, put up a a tweet not too long ago um, praising the acquisition of Jesse James. And uh, I think I responded to that tweet with, uh, yeah, he's going to be super valuable in those points per inline blocking leagues because I just I don't see how Jesse James is going to have any impact in Detroit with um, just like Jerry was saying, it's just not a team that uses the tight end position. And Jesse James is not better uh, than Eric Ebron. Jesse James isn't close uh, to Eric Ebron athletically. So um, I, I really don't know where they're going with that. But I do think that I disagree a little bit that uh, 
Danny Amendola is a bit of a waste. I mean, me personally, I probably would rather have Cole Beasley or Adam Humphreys or Jamison Crowder or any other slot receiver in this free agency. But for a slot receiver, he's a slot receiver. He fits and he does what he's supposed to do. Marvin Jones is still there, so I'm not necessarily even thinking that that team needs a wide receiver because ultimately uh, what they should be doing is taking advantage of that offensive line, which I believe is a top 10 run blocking unit, and just running it with on Johnson all the time anyway. So Don't um, tease I- me. Don't <laughs> tease me like that. So I mean, hope my pants got tighter for a second there. Hold on. <laughs> well, well, I, I will. I, I will jump in with this on on Danny Amendola. I agree with Aton and that I do. You know, you know who you know who the Lions could use. Golden Tate. He's still on the market. Oh, wait a second. Um, but but cool, no, cool, cool, Randy, sto- cool, cool story. But I went and did, did a little looking. So in four games last year, Bruce Ellington, he averaged six catches a game with. The Lions. So if he if Danny if Danny Amendola can stay healthy, and he's not going to, but he's a guy that on the back end of your roster that you're not going to get anything for him. So he has zero flip value. You know I love a good a good flip piece, someone that that we can you know trade off for a little profit. You're not getting that with Danny Amendola, but he's going to be a guy that come bye week season. You know that weeks five through nine, and there's always a couple of bipocalypse weeks in there where six teams are out. He's a guy that in some of those deeper leagues where you're starting nine, ten position players, he's a guy that you can slide in there during bye season that might be able to carry you provided that he's healthy. So I don't hate Danny Amendola if he's sitting on the back end of your roster. Um, so we're, we're getting just a hair long, but, but one that I wanted to talk about was uh, near and dear to my heart is for some reason a smart, practical man named Chris Ballard, who I love, big fan, you know, he, he, he signed Eric Ebron last year in free agency. He drafted Quentin Nelson. He gra- drafted Darius Leonard. So um, interesting to see this man give Devin Funches $13 million for, for one year. It, it, it tells me that, and, and here's the thing, I, I, I am a Deion Kane believer. Uh, I, lo- I loved what I saw out of him his sophomore year with Deshaun Watson. His junior year was down. And then I like what I saw locally in camp from him last year. Uh, if you go to the Colts Instagram, the IG, the Graham, if you will, with all you you hip youngsters, go over there and check it out. They're doing a multi-part series on Deion Kane and his recovery, i.e. something that the Washington Redskins are doing, something similar with Darius Geis. You don't do that for someone that, you, you know, that you're not fond of. You know, they're, they're investing more than just time in him, so I'm hoping. Uh, I think Devin Funches could be a one-year Band-Aid. Um, Here's your cell window. If if you can find a, a Michigan guy, a guy who likes big, slow, wide receivers. But but we have seen upside with guys like this in this indie offense. Think back a couple of years ago with Dante Moncrief. I think he had like a four or six game in a row streak where he was just catching touchdown after touchdown. I think Funches could cut in a little bit on Eric Ebron's red zone love. But for Andrew Luck, it's just another weapon. That's using the term loosely. Um, but it's another piece to the puzzle, so n- not the greatest signing. I-, I will ask a more practical man in our Scott Fishbowl champion, Sam. Stompy, what do you got on uh, Devin Funches in Indy? Oh, this is going to hurt me a little bit. Uh, so he's like the tight end four, right? <laughs> Behind Mo Alleycox. Mo, he's actually small. Mo, he might be one of the few men who's almost the same size as Mo Alleycox. Right. So... If anybody's heard me talk on really any of any of the podcasts I appear on, I talk about uh, Jack Doyle a lot. I love Jack Doyle. But Funchess is a basically a tree trunk. He's Kelvin Benjamin, maybe a little bit more athletic, which don't get me started on the Carolina Panthers about those two. I don't even know why you would want two of those people. Um, so I, I'm afraid that this does take i mean I, I think we all knew that ebron's or we all think that ebron's touchdown uh regression is coming next season there's definitely no way you can keep on pace with that i was very high and i i won't say i'm not high on doyle but this gives me pause just because funches is really a red zone threat and that's about it so now you basically have three 
well, maybe not three. You have at least two red zone targets in Ebron and Funches. And I don't know where that leaves uh, Doyle. I don't know where that leaves Ebron. I know it's going to be great for Andrew Luck, but Andrew Luck's just one of the – is number two quarterback in the league, Aton. <laughs> um, it doesn't move – anything for me when it comes to luck uh doesn't really i mean funches gets a slight bump uh i'm just concerned about what the the work will be with among the tight ends i suppose and that's <laughs> and that's not me trying to say oh yeah funches is a tight end but i mean that's effectively what he the role he kind of plays He's a big guy who can catch touchdowns. So uh, I want to go through with some uh, some quick hitters. So I'm going to throw them around. Give us a couple of bullet points on the guy that I uh, I throw out you spontaneously. Jesse, Jamison yeah. Crowder in New York. Couple of couple of quick uh, hits for him, Jamison. Love him. Uh, I think he's a great acquisition for the Jets. Um, I think when you have a young quarterback, what you want to do is you want to put really good weapons around them so that they can kind of flourish. You want to simplify. Um, uh, the offense a little bit and be able to give them uh, good weapons that can move the chains, get underneath, uh, especially a consistent slot receiver. Um, and that's exactly what Jamison Crowder is. Um, I know a lot of people had a little, some concerns about his durability. Um, he's only missed one well, outside of last season. Before that, he had only missed one in 48 games. Um, I, I know he gets banged up every season, but he, he does tend to produce. Um, we're talking about a guy who uh, has not averaged anything lower than um, than one and a half points uh, per opportunity throughout his entire career, and he gets a, a, a good amount of targets. Um, granted, he's not a a guy that um, gets a ton of air yards. He's not your 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 deep threat, but he is a, a middle of the field, um, short intermediate route. Um, and he, he's, he's, he has an a dot that's always constantly around eight. So, which means his, his average depth of target, um, is around eight yards, uh, per average. And that's where his, he, he makes his hay. Um, he's, he's just that consistent weapon that I think, um, the jets might've been lacking and one that I think Sam Darnold is really going to utilize. Uh, I think he's going to compliment Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's going to be able to, uh, kind of play the balance, the sidelines a little bit more, and hopefully he can get a little bit more consistent. I know that wide receiver um, carousel last year, everybody was injured and missing weeks and hopefully Jamison Crowder can get healthy um, and, and add a little bit more continuity there. And from a fantasy perspective, I love it. Uh, I think that he's going to get peppered and I think he's going to, he's going to kill it up there. You know, in, in uh, New York, they've decided if you can't have one ace, have a fistful of deuces and that's what they've got. They've got Robbie A. They've got Jamison Crowder. Terry. <laughs> it's on, oh, yeah. I'm so triggered. I'm so just uh, mad. Uh, no, I'm gonna, I, I, gotta, I gotta say something just to make Aton sure. feel a little bit better. Quincy Anunua, first and foremost, he's 6'2, 225. So he is a prototypical outside receiver build. That's a he's big man. Dead. What do you mean, dead? <laughs> he's also, he's a goner. He's a goner. No, he just got a new four year contract. He's not deceased what are you yet. Talking about? He's going to be a goner. He's not a goner, but it's 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 definitely a worse situation for Christian. Hold on, hold on, hey, Tom, hold on. In 2016, he led the league in deep catch rate. Okay, so he's gonna be fine. You'll, okay. you'll be okay. He's gonna Is play that. that he's gonna play that wide receiver role, and he'll be fine. All right. Well, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna, since I've already got uh, Aton triggered. Give us a little Mike Davis. Mike Davis to the Bears. How does this impact Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, and uh, that Bears offense? Mitch Trubisky. I mean, Blake Bortles uh, happens to play in Chicago. Is that who we're talking about? Because that's is, is that like one of those like one of those Scooby Doo things where like you know you you tie Mitch Trubisky up and pull the mask off and said Blake Bortles, <laughs> it was you all along. <laughs> There we go. If it wasn't for those meddling kids, man, if it wasn't for those goddamn meddling kids, um, Mike Davis is, I mean, average, like in, in every sense of the word, like you, you, I can't find anything like any little nugget or tidbit to kind of throw out to people to be like, Oh, you know, look at this shiny thing while I try to BS you and sell you some nonsense. Everybody knows Mike Davis is Mike Davis. I mean, he's the definition of a replaceable running back. I just don't understand why the Chicago Bears, uh, who happen to have a very replaceable running back in Jordan Howard, went out and signed another very replaceable running back 
in Mike Davis. I guess this essentially says that Jordan Howard is gone, which I guess we kind of knew. Um, I think he was on in the last year of his contract anyway, and Tariq Cohen's going to need a new uh, extension pretty soon. But um, I just don't see his skill set as as anything that uh, Chicago doesn't already have. Uh, you already have Tariq Cohen who can catch passes. Jordan Howard, if you want to run up the middle, you can do that. It just seems redundant to me. So uh, I think maybe there are just sincere issues between jo- uh, Jordan Howard and uh, Matt Nagy that uh, maybe the rest of us just aren't privy to, and that's why they're going out and just getting a guy that essentially is a like-for-like like replacement uh, with Jordan Howard. Yeah, my only concern with – I got concern, but, you know, he, he's a pretty good cat pass catcher. This past year he had a, a seven-reception game against the Chargers and an eight-reception game against the Vikings. So he can catch the ball. He, he He's a pain in the ass is what Mike Davis is. He's a pain in the ass to treat Cohen owners. He's a pain in the ass to uh, Jordan Howard owners as long as he's in Chicago. This is one of those signings that I absolutely hate. That does no one no favor. All right, Jerry. Uh, it looks like Mark Ingram, who has not signed yet as of the recording of this show, is on, definitely on the way out because it looks like New Orleans signed his replacement in Latavius Murray. Jerry, a little Latavius Murray love. Eh, I mean, this is what Latavius Murray does. He he goes to a place where he's not the guy and just does a little bit. But he does a little bit okay, so it's not too shabby. If anything, I think this helps Alan Kamara a little bit, you know, because he is a step below Mark Ingram. But, it, you know, he'll also get the rest that he needs with Murray taking carries. So, I, you know, as far as fantasy perspective, Latavius Murray is, you know, probably not going to be useful unless Alvin Kamara gets injured. But as far as an NFL New Orleans Saints move, I like that move a lot because he can play. He's shown that he can play when he gets, you know, 15, 18 carries. He's not sexy. He's not. a a star that we thought maybe he could possibly be, you know, four years ago when he was in Oakland. But, you know, I think it was a good move for them. It was a cheap replacement for Mark Ingram. He's similar in a few ways in the, in the role. I think it's going to be okay for them. I I don't hate it. I don't hate it as a, as an NFL move, as a fantasy move. It's sort of, it doesn't rattle my cage or anything. I agree. And I disagree. I agree in the fact that it's a good NFL move and Alvin Kamara is not built to be, the guy handling all that work, but I disagree slightly from the from the fantasy usefulness. This guy's like an RB three. Think of him as the Danny as the Danny uh, uh, the running back version of Danny Amendola. That guy during bye week season, you know, when you're in that weeks five through eleven again, and you need like that that RB fill in. I, I don't think Lat Murray will kill you. I think he you know might have some replacement level in there. All right, back to our uh, our buddy Sam, little uh, Adam Humphreys, winding up there in uh, Nashville. Uh, hate it for Humphreys. <laughs> yeah, get it out. Yeah, it's it's bad. Like Mariota, Mariota doesn't support wide receivers, let alone a wide receiver too. I mean, we can we can take a look at Taewon Taylor this past year. We can look at Tajay Sharp the year before. Uh, even Corey Davis, all of the hype surrounding him, still can't support a guy like Corey Davis. Uh. Mariota likes to throw to his tight end. So I think Delaney Walker coming back, um, I think that will – I like Delaney Walker as a uh, buy late tight end or, or a draft late tight end um, this season. But I just don't like the pass catchers here. And this is going to be a run first team again. I, I think w- w- first and foremost, the offensive coordinator is – the tight ends coach, I believe, of um, Matt Lafleur. Arthur Smith is his yeah. name. Yeah. yeah, and and so you're going to be running about the same offense, which means that you're going to give the ball to Derrick Henry. Um, you're going to get dumbed down passes to Deion Lewis. You're going to get a one top tw- twenty four wide receiver in Corey Davis, and maybe a top twelve tight end. This isn't just this just isn't a throwing team. However, I do like it for the team that he left because Godwin is now the wide receiver two in Tampa Bay. Um, There are also rumors of Godwin moving to the slot because Arians likes that big slot receiver. Now he's not. They just signed Rashad Perriman too. There you go. One-year deal. So, um, and I'm not saying Godwin is Larry Fitzgerald. We saw Larry Fitzgerald finish as a wide receiver one each of the last three seasons that he was under Arians. But – 
with the vacated targets of Humphreys and Dijon Jackson, that's 179 vacated targets. You definitely see a bump coming for Godwin. Um, he is a fantastic route runner, so he could definitely excel in the slot. Uh, so I'm very excited for Godwin and Justin Watson's a little bit intriguing, but now with Brashad Perryman there, meh, I, I'm still, I'm still stashing Justin Watson, but I think Godwin takes a huge leap this year and, and is definitely a top 24, if not top 18 wide receiver. Yeah, I, I agree with Sam. Yeah. Big, big things for the Tampa Bay guys that, you know, Adam, the production Humphrey leaves behind. And uh, that Tennessee offense, man, uh, and, until they stop running that 1964 Green Bay Packers three yards in a cloud of dust offense, it's going to be hard to trust anybody in that offense. And then I'm going to give it back to Jesse one time. Uh, Deshaun Jackson traded back to Philadelphia, 32 years old. Jesse, what do you got on old D-Jax? Uh, not very much. That one kind of flew under the radar for me. Um, you know, Djax isn't really necessarily a guy that I'm um, that I'm absolutely thrilled about. Um, I know he's I know he can stretch the field. Uh, he's 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 still fast. He's still got it. Um, but I, I just think that is that situation maybe from a quarterback standpoint with Carson Wentz, it, it it's better. Um, but he hasn't really, to me at least, I, I, he. Um, he's just not very intriguing to me from a fantasy perspective. Uh, I don't know why. I'm just not. I'm just not intrigued by him. I'm probably. I'm. I'm not looking to go and grab him at all. Um, a lot of people might be excited. I know he started out. Uh, uh 2018. I know he had a couple couple big games, and then he kind of weaned off throughout the rest of the year. I know he started out really strong against New Orleans. Um, to to I think he put up something crazy like. 30 fantasy points or something with two touchdowns. Uh, but since then kind of just like he, he just kind of dwindled. Um, and I, I, I think that um, if you're, if you're getting excited about him coming back to Philly, maybe that's a little bit of nostalgia um, and that's cool, you know, go, go and grab him. But I don't think he's going to be just this, this astronomical. Uh, and I don't think anybody thinks this, but I don't think he's going to be just some, some get now that his, his quarterback situation has changed. Um, I still think he's an olding, uh, an old aging receiver and you still have, you know, guys, um, you still have Ertz eating up a ton of targets there. Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, you still have guys there. Um, so it doesn't really do anything for me from that from a fantasy perspective. I will say that he is a a great buy late in best ball, a guy that you could yes. e- e- easily see having like this kind of a stat line, like a four for one sixty and two touchdowns, and win you Very, week him. Yep, and, and you you will have an, enough time before bye week. We, we we've mentioned this twice already before bye weeks start kicking in. You'll have you'll be able to see what his report looks like with him and Wentz, and then you can decide is he a guy that I can throw into uh, my lineup for this. And the last player I want to cover before I give all these gents a chance to uh, tell you where you can find them and all the really good stuff they're doing out there in the dynasty and fantasy world is Devontae Parker. And if I'd have had time, had a very busy past couple of days, I would have uh, queued up like a taps drop like that. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I was really hoping that this was the guy that would have gotten cut and the, the Colts would have signed him as opposed to, to Devin Funchess. But he re-signs in Miami and this is a bummer. The only thing I'm holding out for, I just I just don't know who the QB is gonna be in Miami, but who's gonna who's gonna catch the ball? I, I know there's a lot of love for Albert Wilson out there. Um there's obviously Gasecki's still there going into year two. That's someone I'm very, very high on. Their new offensive coordinator is Chad O'Shea, who spent the last decade in New England watching Josh McDaniel do things with guys like Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. So I'm really hoping that they can figure something out with this offense. But without a quarterback, it's hard to get excited for anyone in Miami. So listen, that's it, Um, at least for round one. We'll be back next week with uh, some more guests talking about more things for agency. But I want to go around the horn and give each and every one of these guys a couple of minutes to talk about what they're doing what's coming up, their shows. So I'll start with Jesse. Jesse, tell us what's going on in your dynasty world. Oh, man, we're just, you know, I know a lot of people think it's it's the off season and whatnot, but anybody who plays dynasty football, fantasy football or or just is, is degenerate like me knows that there is no off season. Uh, we're still grinding. Uh, we're still um, putting out a lot of great content over at ffstatistics.com. 
um, dynasty uh, right now and uh, prospect content. We're, we're hitting the rookies really hard. Um, the, the whole entire dynasty crew over there is really digging deep on, on this year's draft class. And um, we're starting to really, really crack down on that. We just put up rookie rankings on the site. Um, we have a, a lot of people just throwing out prospect profiles. Um, so we're really gearing up for what this class, uh, this, this 2019 draft class is going to give us uh, leading up to, to the draft and trying to evaluate them right now. Um, still have the uh, my PEDs podcast, which is kind of like my side gig. And then we also have our um, FF Statistics uh, podcast, which is the youth movement. It falls under that FF Statistics podcast tree. Um, my co-host, David, we'll see over there, me and him uh, pumping out a lot of really great content right now. Um, and you can find a lot of anything that I produce is, is on, on that website. So um, just pretty much uh, – cranking out as much content as possible and trying to give you guys as much content to consume um, as we lead into the draft and then training camp. And then next thing you know, it's going to be fall and, and we're going to be, you know, balls deep into the season. R- rolling right into it. Remember FFstatistics.com is the uh, official statistics website of the dynasty war zone. Good friend of the show, Addison Hayes, a large part of what's going on over there. FF statistics. So shout out to Addie. Couldn't make it tonight. Had some, uh, some personal stuff come up but uh addy was my very first guest when i ventured out on the new dynasty <laughs> war zone so um love ff statistics i'm over there literally literally every single day i'm checking something out whether i'm researching for this podcast or one of my guest spots love that website and then uh let's go to aton T- tell us about the dynasty diagnostic uh, fan tracks and all the other stuff you got going on absolutely absolutely uh there's a bunch of things that uh I am starting to do now. Um, as uh, as you just said, I am the co-host with Sam Lane right here uh, of the Dynasty Diagnostic Podcast. Uh, we we really have a lot of exciting things, uh, a lot of exciting guests coming up in the next couple of months. So please please be sure to tune in. I'm sure uh, you'll you'll hear someone uh, that uh, you, you you wanted to kind of be able to pick their brains anyway. So I'll try to do the best that I can uh, for you with that. Um, I'm also putting out articles steadily uh, on Fantrax. Uh, you're going to see three articles a week from me on Fantrax from now until whenever. Uh, so please be sure to check out uh, all of that Dynasty content. Anything Dynasty related on Fantrax, I probably wrote it. Um, so go ahead and take a look at that. Uh, the quality is is definitely there. And then um, I also put out... Um, uh, something I, I call, I'm actually changing the name um, often, uh, a di- dynasty diagnostic uh, score of sorts. It's just essentially um, somewhat of a ranking that kind of um, goes over player situations, team situations, includes their contracts. It's really kind of just a cheat sheet uh, for anyone that uh, just kind of wants to, to keep abreast of, of the latest changes in dynasty value and, and kind of figure out how uh, everything stacks up with each other. So you can definitely find that on my timeline. I'll be blasting that out from time to time. So, uh, so yeah, you should definitely be, uh, be following me on Twitter at FF underscore wonder kid. If you are interested in any of that. And uh, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, you, you are most certainly welcome. And remember at fan tracks, if it's good, Aton wrote it. If it's not, he didn't. I know that, <laughs> that, 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 that is uh, what your old pal Memphis Fact. has to say. And then, uh, then, then last, but certainly not least uh, again, if I had time to make some drops, I would have uh, fired up some John Cena music for this guy. Dun, 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 dun. The champ is here. That is uh, Sam. Sam, tell us about all the stuff you have going on out there in the Dynasty world. I don't even think I need to talk because basically the two made main places have already been talked about. So I don't do anything ever. I'm just kidding. I, uh, <laughs> I like like Aton said, uh, I am the co-host with him on dino diagnostic uh please subscribe rate review stay tuned for i i mean seriously like we're booked for a couple months now and there are some guests on here so you'll hear us probably geek out a little bit on these podcasts it's weird because oh, i'm not on that list you guys have yet to ask me so i'm a little disappointed it, it, yeah we got plans we got plans yes, yeah no I, i'm just hey i'm just giving you a not involving time. you though just because you're <laughs> not there yet <laughs> all right all right i see we're not going to do the tradies i had you on mine you're not going to come up there's plenty of off season to go so we yeah. we we will get these guys back um and then they are killing it uh, i was very uh fortunate to have 
the opportunity to spend uh, it was a couple hours with Aton and Sam yep. over on the Dynasty Diagnostic with uh, blame, Peter Howard, and, and we, we, we Peter for that. We we, we uh, Peter's a <laughs> a great guy. So um, it was nice just to have on multiple guests at, at one time talking about something other than rookies. We all love rookies. Uh, we got that rookie fever. But for the next couple of weeks, we just wanted to talk about you know the, the, these. Uh, veterans these free agents taking up some of these potential landing spots for these rookies because by covering this free agency news it will allow us to have a clearer picture of what the rookies are going to do jerry anything before we uh, bring this one in for landing well as crazy as these last two days have been free agency actually doesn't start until tomorrow at four so we'll see what the hell else is going to go down this next week there is nothing but more craziness to come but on half of all these wonderful gentlemen i am memphis at dff memphis he's jerry at jerry send dff and we will see you guys right back here next week for some more free agency talk thanks for tuning Later. in